like it's full of audits and what our discovery is around those audits, but then it's actually a very detailed 12 month plan. Like it's September, do these 14 things. Like, and we build it into a checklist so they can literally go, oh, I need to write blogs. Here's the two blogs. Here's the training video on how to write a blog. Here's the keyword research behind the blog. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Agency Growth Mastermind Podcast. I think this is episode 13. Thank you for being on with me, Spencer Powell. Hey, glad to be here, Tim. Thanks for the invite. Spencer is the uh, guy behind Builder Funnel, which is another contractor marketing agency, although I think you guys have a lot more like remodelers and, and builders. Is that correct? Yeah, we're almost like we've almost made it there to where we would call ourselves like the design build marketing agency. Mm, so okay. definitely interior remodelers, kitchen bath guys, and then custom builders. Mm. Awesome. So it's funny, like I thought literally when I started like saying contractor marketing, I was like, maybe that means excavation and building. <laughs> well, the first thing you think of is like some of that stuff, like or I didn't I didn't know. And then like that niche is gigantic. So yeah, niching further a little bit, like six months later after we niched one time, it, a little bit more into uh, roofing. But I think they were kind of adding a little bit of like HVAC and plumbing in there too. Uh, but nonetheless, today we are talking about adding discoveries to your process as an agency, adding product extensions and productizing your front end services. So we, we're going to cover a lot. Um, Spencer, if you don't mind giving like a one or two minute just background of like what you've been through and why they might want to listen if they're an up and coming agency. And we're talking to, I, I say agencies going from one to 10 million. So like people that are on their way, they're not the, the one, two person companies, but maybe they're, uh, they've got five or 10 people and they're, they're kind of trying to lift off. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. For, so just some quick context. Um, we've been doing this about 12 years. I kind of stumbled into it um, just out of college, was researching, learning about how social was being used for business. This was like the early innings of like Facebook business pages when those were like, we got to get these up, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started working with my uncle's uh, remodeling division at the time and took that from about 2 million to 10 million over a four year span. And then we just kind of said, Hey, I think we're onto something. Let's go help more companies like this and built the agency around that. So, um, today we're about 20 people or so. Um, we only work with non-competing companies. So we're not going to work with two design build companies in the same metro area, stuff like that. Um, and I would say we're a full service agency, you know, so we start out with a strategic approach and then we're going to, implement for them. So do all their blogging, their content, their SEO, social, kind of the full funnel approach. Um, that's mm -hmm. the, the high level, I guess. I, uh, so even for like, let's say a small city versus like a Houston, like, a, like, cause you know, like you're talking about like, what is it like 10 million people or something like that in there? You'd only take one. Right now, that's the way we're rolling. And we're kind of trying to figure out, like, how do we navigate that? Is there yeah. minimum price points for certain metro areas? And so um, that'll be, I think, our next evolution and something we do need to solve. Because we've definitely turned away 
at least hundreds of thousands of you know dollars mm. of work at this yeah. point just with conflicts of interests um but it hasn't hit that pain point where we're like turning away work all the time because of yeah. it so we're we're somewhere yeah. in the middle <laughs> because we're so micro niched into roofing uh, i feel like we we've just been saying one per 500,000 people but i mean certain people mm. don't like don't love that i think you either have to do something like that where you open it up per like even one per 1 million or whatever like in my i feel like you either have to do that or you have to be broader like you have to kind of um i mean unless you're trying to like stay small or like how many people do you have so far um clients or people on the team on the team about 20 people 20 people and um what did what did you um yeah i'm just trying to figure out like if you want to crank it up or are you are you do you really like that and you're like i don't want to manage 100 people yeah yeah we're definitely looking to grow um but i i, I guess I, my counter argument would be there's a lot of cities <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of cities yes. so no, no, you no, do like you, you you get your major major metro areas like your atlanta you know seattle portland you know chicago where then those tend to be the places where we're like yep can't work with you, you got a conflict and so i think that's where we're going to look to raise our minimum like level of engagement with mm, those clients yeah. that we do gotcha. work with um but at the end of the day, like a lot of our guys don't want to go more than 40 minutes away. So we'll sometimes we're working with like three companies that are within a two hour radius or something like that, because they're like, I really don't want to go more than 10 miles, you know. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it is limiting, but you'd be surprised how how not limiting it is as well. That's awesome. That's good to hear. All right. I'm totally thinking about this at this moment. Do I want to add a discovery <laughs> phase to our services? So this is super timely for me. Um, I'll just give my brief backstory. I, w I worked at an agency that had a, like a $7,000 discovery phase. And I, I found myself a little frustrated as the person, a lot of times the client would be like, is where are my results? And I'd be like, we're two months in and here's a packet. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like it wasn't, there wasn't enough propulsion early and so I cut that down, even though I do see the value. Um, that, that being said, our guys want leads. You know, roofers, they're just like so dead set on, I want leads now. And I think remodelers are a little bit more about the aesthetics, a little bit more. I've worked with a remodeler that wanted to have like five like calls and strategy sessions before we did one thing. So like, I, I think it's a little bit different of a breed sometimes. Um, but yeah, what have you, what are you guys start doing on discoveries right now and what how how could that kind of apply to other agencies? Yeah. Yeah, well, first a comment on that. I think you're you're spot on like roofers, it's a lot of it is lead gen focused like they just need volumes of calls and, you know, form fills and stuff like that. Whereas like a design build remodeler if they're doing projects between 200k and 500k like they want more leads, but they want more of the right type of leads. Like it's, there's very much a quality discussion around who are we trying to attract and how are we attracting them? Um, and so they're not just looking to get flooded. So want, that, that is, that I think, 30, a consideration. A $30,000 kitchen remodel. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The, I mean, even, yeah, exactly. These guys are like, I won't touch a kitchen under a hundred K. So <laughs> yeah, they just get fancy um, over there, man. That's why I can't hack it in the, the, uh, 
remodel <laughs> like interior remodeling is just like the the criteria just keeps on going up and you're like damn dude like i mean yeah I, I, yeah i talked I, to a guy i talked to a guy today they said their minimum project was 200k but now they're trying to push it to 300k so <laughs> well that's uh, beautiful definitely a different love, breed. like there's yeah. definitely like just in a, like a broader housing discussion for a second because i think it's interesting to you and i because the if the supply is not there it's hard to market like there's just been everyone's gotten fancier like all these home builders remodelers they just get the quote the it just goes up 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 and there's not enough people to do the work so there's nothing that's going to stop them from just keep on raising their prices and keep on just i'm not going to do anything under 300 so like that's been a that's been like a big thing on my mind a little bit is like where do these people that don't have that budget even get remodelers like you know what i mean it's a like good in, question it's yeah a really, like, <laughs> I think it's like literally like nowhere or terrible people off a of craigslist or something like i mean there yeah they're, it, it almost feels like the gap is widening you know it's like you got the professional companies that are way up mm -hmm. here and then you've got like the chuck in the truck and like if you can find somebody in the middle you know for people that don't have you know yeah. two hundred thousand yeah. dollar budgets for their remodels but um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know but, where, you know, like, where that'll land, but same, yeah. same goes for digital marketing and the audience here is not like contractors for this particular, uh, podcast episode, but maybe they'll get something of value of it, but we're talking to agencies, smaller agencies, maybe. So that discovery thing, it's the same thing, right? Where there's like the, the widening gap between like pros that have really niched or like have a very clear, um, special specialty and then the you know super new marketing agency people so where how does the discovery help you offer better services yeah i think at the end of the day like imagine somebody comes to you and they have this challenge of growing their business from three million to four million over the next 12 months so that's the challenge presented and you're going okay well they need some more leads we know that we can kind of figure out how many more leads, but then you really have to dive into like, how are we going to get those leads? What are the best channels? Who are we trying to target? Like who's the ideal lead? You know, all those types of questions. And the deeper you go down that path, the more time it takes, the more research it takes, the more planning it takes to like build that out. And so sure. I could just sell an SEO package and be like, Oh, you need more leads. Like let's do some SEO. Um, like, okay, maybe that's the right answer, or maybe it's a answer, but maybe it's not the best answer. And so you, you end up with all these other questions and you kind of jump mm. into action. And yep. so for us, what we recognize is, well, if we can do more planning, like kind of go slow to go fast, right? So mm -hmm. we're going to do more planning, do more research, and then lay out what we feel like is the best plan. Then you're going to deliver better results because you took a little more time up front to get the things right. And then you know, move forward from there. So that's kind of that mental shift that we made because we didn't do, we did light discovery, but we didn't charge for it. It was just kind of like in the sales process. Yeah. Um, and then we really just jumped into action as quick what, as we could. And so now we, we slow down a little bit. What are you charging for those discoveries and how do you do payments? Like, is it all up front or? Yeah, so we charge uh, 20 grand and they can either pay up front or you can split it into three payments of seven grand. So there's a little bit of a surcharge over, mm. you know, if you want to split it over 60 days or 
All right, so, buddy. All right, all right, all right. I like that. Okay. Now talk to me about exactly like what from their side, because people are paying that, right? So yep, ta- people are why are they paying that? What do they really like about it? What are they getting out of that that they're like, yeah. Yeah. So I think that the analogy that's landing, especially like in the context of our audience, is they do the same thing with their clients. If they're going to do a $300,000 project, they need to spend a lot of time in design, in planning, in budgeting, in setting out the schedule, coordinating all the people that are going to do that project. And so they're not going to do that for free. They're going to mm-hmm. charge a design fee. Um, mm-hmm. And that's typically like a percentage of the the budget, like estimated project at that point. But um, th- we follow that same model. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you're basically paying for the design. We call it the remodeler marketing blueprint. And we're going to lay out a 12-month blueprint of everything mm-hmm. we need to do. Um, and then they can self-implement at that point or then just hire us to do yeah. the work, which probably 75 percent, maybe even 80 percent end up hiring us to do the work. But some people do yeah. want to implement. And so we've made it so detailed that you could like hire an intern off the street, put them on on the blueprint plan for 15 hours, 20 hours a week, and they would perform pretty well, you know, not to the same right. level as our team. But um, that's kind of been our goal. And so we do. Like it's full of audits and what our discovery is around those audits, but then it's actually a very detailed 12 month plan. Like it's September, do these 14 things. Like, and we build it into a checklist so they can literally go, oh, I need to write blogs. Here's the two blogs. Here's the training video on how to write a blog. Here's the keyword research behind the blog. Like it's detailed. Okay, now I'm seeing it. Cause I was like $20,000, dude, that's a lot of money for a a blueprint. And then I'm like, all right with the checklists and the videos and dang dude that's beautiful that's super cool that you're doing that and and very exciting um anything else you want to share about discoveries before we move on to productization um yeah good question i guess i guess i would say that it's worth making that mental shift whatever you feel like your discovery um is going to look like for your agency Mm -hmm. but it it puts more of the consultant hat on you mm. than the sales guy hat. And yeah. so they're coming to you with a problem. And if you're going to solve the problem, you need to diagnose it correctly mm-hmm. and they need to pay for the diagnosis. So mm-hmm. say they come to you with a website speed problem, like you would want to charge them at least something to diagnose the speed, even if it was like, yeah, I'm going to run two tests on like Google speed and something else, but I'm going to charge you like 150 bucks to do that. And then I'm going to say, and the action plan, like how do I solve this speed problem, right? And mm-hmm. and so it's charging for that time to to take your knowledge, which is valuable, and turn it into dollars. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's we see that in so many service industries, even outside of agencies, is free estimates, free consults, free proposals. And it's like if we can make the shift to like at least charge something. It doesn't have to be twenty k. It doesn't have to be seven k, but something mm-hmm. for that knowledge. Then they start to see you as the consultant, as the person that's they're paying for the answer, they're more likely to move forward with the full plan with you too, because you were the one that did all the diagnosis and uncovered it. But it also makes that shift from, this is just a sales guy selling me some SEO or web design or whatever to, oh, this is a person that's trying to solve my problem. Yeah. Are you the main person kind of extrapolating that out to them and like delivering that? Or do you like, is your team equipped to deliver that discovery and and explain it in a way uh, without you? 
Yeah, good question. So it really allowed us to uh, streamline that that process. So I guess like pre this process of the blueprint, um, I was selling and I would like look at their Google Analytics and analyze their site and talk to them about their goals and their current lead flow and what's working, what's not. And then I'd come back with like this customized plan based on what I had uncovered and, and what their goals were. But I didn't spend like tons and tons of time doing that because I wasn't getting paid for that. Um, and I wasn't charging for it. And then, then I'd build this custom proposal. So if I were to repeat that process, I would need to find a salesperson that knew digital marketing, knew how to analyze all this stuff and knew how to sell and follow a good sales process and kind of knew residential construction. Like that's a unicorn, right? That like, how are you going to scale that up? Whereas this, what we did is we said, actually, we just need the sales process to be communicating the value of strategy, which is the mm-hmm. blueprint. And if they can communicate the value of strategy, now it's like a one or two call close. And then the marketing team builds the blueprint, does the auditing, does all the the discovery, Mm -hmm. and they build the execution plan, which is what you want. You want the marketers doing the auditing and doing the analysis. You don't want some sales guy doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my case, I was the marketer and then I was because I'm the founder. And so, but if you scale that out, now salespeople just know how to, they just need to figure out how do I sell strategy. So I think that's like the long-term benefit there. That's, that's beautiful. I really like that. You're being very generous in this conversation. So I really appreciate it. Um, it seems like (laughs) you got it. Give it away all my secrets. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody must've helped you in the past. Uh, with always, yeah, it's all, I'm very much a believer in put value out into the world and it'll come back. So some people have helped you. So that's why I take that, that approach as well. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about productizing your services, but first, random break to ask a provocative question for fun. Um, Spencer, if we took you out of your company, just aliens came and swooped you right up and pulled you up to the sky, what would happen in one month at your company? Would it still be around? And what would be better and what would be worse? Hmm, it's a good question. In one month, um, it would look pretty similar. There would be no sales activity because I'm the sales guy okay. right now. And we haven't, we're in the process of hiring a salesperson and that that's that kind of rollout plan that I was just describing. There's going to be leads um, though. Somebody's probably going to try to field those, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. So like if, if I just disappeared, like my president would say, okay, we need somebody to follow these leads. She'd probably tap my marketing director because he's been here seven years. So he could start fielding those calls. He probably would be able to sell something um, because he's very passionate and knowledgeable and just that transfer of energy, he would Mm -hmm. probably, uh, do pretty well. And then she would start filling buckets. Like I'm very fortunate that I've been able to put somebody as that in that president role. Cause she runs operations, all the one-on-ones with the team. Like she's the backstop for all the client stuff. So, um, I'm really sales and content. Um, so they'd have to figure out how to like get somebody else on all the podcasts and get somebody on the sales calls. But other than that, I'm kind of worthless. So. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So anything else that what would you imagine? Like, this is a good thought experiment, I hope, for you too. Like, do you think yeah. the company would find its way and end up growing? 
or do you think it would slowly fade after the 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 figurehead yeah gets gets abducted it's 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 a very good question um i feel like the people on our leadership team if they assuming they were committed to like we still want builder funnel to function that's a good question I too that's could, a good question I, too. I think that's like if they were bought into that yeah. then yes yes but if there was a like 50 50 then i'd give it like maybe a 50 50 shot you know after yeah. a year or two like it would start stumbling and if they're not profitable then they're like oh we should just shut this down Spencer's the um, guest. if everyone was committed yeah. Spencer's the guest, Go but I'm going to give him a take right now, just like for fun, because it's, I feel like that's the important thing then. Like if I was you, that would be what I'd focus, I'd be focused on like, do we want this to exist and getting them to like be enthusiastic about that? Because if, I mean, the fact that that's a question in your mind, that's a, you know what I mean? Like, I guess it wasn't, um, that's interesting because I think that's a great observation. It wasn't a question in my mind with me here. Yeah. It's a question of me if I got abducted by aliens or whatever, like, would they want to keep doing Builder Funnel knowing that I'm not here? Like, yeah. Or would they look at that as like a chance to transition? Yeah. You know? I, so like, maybe it's the same question and I can't see it, but no, we'll get back <laughs> either way. It's, we'll get back into the regular scheduled programming here, but I mean, maybe that's yeah. like a. We got to write our wills, bro, and include some equities. <laughs> Maybe Dude, that. I've been thinking about that a lot because, uh, yeah, I just got off another uh, podcast last week and it was about like company transitions. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I have this big long check. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any notes around like logins for banking or, yeah. you know, QuickBooks yeah. and, you know, who my you know CPA is and all this yeah. stuff. So um, I need to start getting just that Just a paper. little like action like pack for them if something happens. I don't yeah. think that's the worst idea because like, I mean, it could happen. All right, so let's get back into it. Yeah, it could happen. Product no, no, Those are good questions. Uh, or excuse me, let's do uh, productizing your services first. So what have you found around productizing your service that would be useful to a young um, or up and coming uh, agency owner? So I, th I think it really, for us, it was like, productizing that front end, you know, cause the, the service component after the blueprint, mm. um, is really the result of what came out of that. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah. like putting a name around it, putting some branding around it. Like I wrote a book called the remodeler marketing blueprint. We branded this like strategy plan around the remodeler marketing blueprint. And so mm. it's easier to buy products are easier to buy, right? Yeah. Like oh, I can grasp this concept of like, I'm buying this thing. And so like part of the reason we like print up, you know, the 150 page doc or whatever, and it's like nice, it's bound, it's color, like they get one sent to their office is it's tangible and they can kind of feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and it sets you apart. Like it has a name, like it isn't, oh, this is our discovery process and we charge 5K for it. It's like, no, this is the remodeler marketing blueprint. This is all the value you get. This is what it is. Um, and you can lay out like all those, you know, 10, 12 value points behind it. So I think, uh, and that's something we're, we're doing um, as we're developing um, something around like website designs and themes and stuff is like thinking about like, what's the name behind this, you know, mm. so you kind of like brand it, productize it versus just this is our web design service or this is our SEO service or social media service. So um, we can get into stuff. it when we kind of like talk about extensions. Yeah. 
I love branding stuff and I love branding internal processes. I feel like that's an underrated thing. Yeah. Like employees, if they have like we have like on our websites, we have like hookified elements and like we have mm-hmm. a number like um, emotional hook points in our writing and stuff like that. And we like basically like kind of pull it in because I feel like when you have a name for something, it's a little easier to remember. I brand stuff to myself just to like <laughs> I like it. I like have yeah. Yeah, it's memorable, right? You know, that's why you brand stuff. (laughs) No, that's cool. Yeah, and you guys have a great name for that. You could probably repurpose the hook, you know, in a lot of different spots. So it's cool. 100%. And we were like, you know, we've looked in like fishing analogies and stuff like that. But I'm, you know, you have like (laughs) um, our, uh, what is it? The real lead finder, which is like a nice finder. So it's like essentially our lead monitoring service. Um, But yeah. So let's uh, yeah, hook line and sinker. Like there's yeah. probably something oh, yeah. there, you know? So. Oh, sure there is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about service extensions. You were talking about, you do like community as part of some of your services and different things like that. What else do you have that you're doing? That's a service extension or products extension. Yeah. So I would say like we have th- three different things. Uh, one is we launched builder funnel Academy a couple of years ago. So that's like your typical, like, on-demand training video course with templates and how to totally the DIY model, right? So you pay um, for access. We did that as an annual thing. And we what we realized is like the recurring components were like the community questions and live Q&A calls. And so the yeah. way we priced it, it just didn't make sense. Like on the annual renewal, people were like, eh, I kind of got the value out of the videos and I don't need this anymore. So we, yeah. we actually shifted that at the start of this year to a community, which is very much centered around community interaction. We do live Q and A's. We bring in like is outside this on guests and Facebook experts. Or where do you put the community? We do it on Circle, so we wanted to have it on like its own app and everything. And that maybe maybe Facebook would have been better, um, but having the like payment method all through the same app yeah. was nice. And you can do some some other stuff you can't really do on Facebook. Live Q and A. It's another gonna, app people have to download. So I'm going to do uh, like some, like, I'm just curious and it's, it's fun and exciting to me. So like the, the live Q and A calls, you do those weekly and like anyone that wants to join can join and they can all just ask questions as they have them or what, how do you do that? Yeah, so we do them monthly and they're generally centered around marketing since that's what we do. But yeah, anyone in the community can just jump on and like that's their way to get direct access to us. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually have like one, two or three team members on that. And so um, they'll just field questions and we spend an hour, however long people want to ask questions. Um, And then we will use like outside experts and guests to come in and fill other voids that we don't cover, you know, and we're not experts in. And so... Same format, usually either total Q&A or like 20, 30 minutes of presentation and then some Q&A so they can get direct access to some other people. Um, Mm. But the way we pivoted that product was we said, hey, join the community for a month and you get lifetime access to Builder Funnel Academy. We just Mm. scrapped like charging for it. It was like a... um, 1300 bucks for the year or something or 199 a month for the academy and now the community is 49 a month or 99 for a team license yeah so you, for 49 bucks you yeah. can just get builder funnel academy and keep rolling do you feel like the time you've spent to build all that stuff out has been worth it yes and okay. the reason i say that is i don't think it's been worth it as a standalone mm-hmm. um but it's been worth it to see people join those lower 
tiers and then ascend to full service into the agency. Uh, okay. Um, so I think it's really been like a brand play and kind of a long-term nurturing and a way for people to test the waters with us and like get to know us a little bit. Yeah. And then they build up a lot of trust. Like guy signed up with us this summer. He's like, yep, I joined your academy a couple of years ago. I've been growing my business. Like I wasn't big enough and now I'm ready. We had like a 45 minute call and he's like, let's roll, send me the paperwork. And so mm. if we can create more of that trust through some of these entry level where we're just over delivering on value, then we're looking at that as kind of a long-term play there. How much video, like when you did the academy, how much video did you record? I think probably I'm not the only one out here that's thinking about doing some kind of um, login scenario where you got videos and all that. And did you build that on circle and, and um, how much time did you spend on the videos themselves? Like before you're like, this is enough to charge for. So we, we launched it, we had been planning to launch it um, basically um, right in like Q1, Q2 of 2020. So we started working on it, I think in Q4 um of the previous year and then we were really cranking it out in that first quarter and then just timing wise like COVID hit everybody went remote and that was like right when we were launching so we did like a two-week launch and then we shut the doors lucky, um that was kind of i think it worked in our favor yeah i think i think we were about 50k in sales for that and we were we did it as a discount for like 9.99 for an annual license or yeah. something um i can't quite remember but I think we had 20 modules in there and each module had like one to four videos and the videos was, were all like what was five it to 20 minutes. Was that on Circle? Oh, we did that on Kajabi. Kajabi. Yeah. I, didn't, I did a Kajabi and mine just went poorly. So maybe I just am like tainted now. I did like a couple <laughs> courses and now yeah. I just like, I swap, I flipped them into just like mail, MailChimp drip campaigns instead and people can sign up for them and get them daily. But I, I, I feel like my future will have some kind of course to it, but I'm not sure. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's more about like what experience you want to deliver. Cause I love the email drip courses. Like they're super simple. And if you can deliver the value in that, like don't mess around with like building out the whole platform and everything. This is our first like real go at like, we're going to build a legit yeah. course and try to put like a real launch structure around it with like a two week launch and cart closing sort of thing. So it, it was a big undertaking. Hey, Spencer, I have, um, I apologize. I realize I have something butting up against this a little bit, so it's going to be a little bit shorter than 40 minutes. I'm going to ask like a couple more questions here and then wrap it up if that's fine. And, it's all good. No worries. Uh, so any feedback that you'd give to a younger agency owner that to avoid some of the pitfalls or, or maybe have a better time of it um, in their agency um, than you've had. I'm not, I, I just am assuming that you've had some pain like I have. So, so many, yeah, yeah so much pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, pick a vertical and focus on solving real problems, mm. not developing services you think you need. Mm. Um, because I think we want to like have this menu of services and we can create packages around it but then is it actually solving the problem? So if you pick the vertical, you can identify problems easier. And if you solve the problems, the services will kind of build themselves. Mm, that's really, really good. Anything else that you're learning right now that you just want to share with some other agencies? Um, ch charge more than you think you should, especially if you're new, you know? Um, I, 
I think it's a balance. If you're brand new, I'd say almost like do the work for free, build your first case studies, mm -hmm. and then try to work your pricing up so that you're at least above average and you're in the premium zone. Mm -hmm. um, agency business is people leverage business, it's systems, it's IP, you know, it, and so you really have to have good, um, a good grasp on what problems you solve and your value points. And if you can't train those value points down to your team, like you'll never scale. And so um, you have to charge enough so that you can bring on good people and train them and let them build careers. Otherwise you'll just keep churning through people at certain, you know, salary ranges and mm -hmm. you'll never be able to like push beyond that. Um, so I think it's important to get into the premium zone as quickly as you can. Wow. This has been a really, really valuable conversation. Spencer, thank you for coming in here thinking I'm going to give value. And I, uh, I feel like I see this more and more with niched agencies. I feel like niched agencies kind of know where they're at and they're not like feeling so scared as sometimes the broad agencies are. And so they're like, I don't know if I should share this. And you're like, why? Like, um, so I love that you're niched and that, you know, hey, folks, they're watching this or listening to this. I find uh, agencies are a great referral source for other agencies. So if you know builders, remodelers, um, the design build category clients or people coming to you asking, um, check out Builder Funnel and, and send some referrals his way because I think that the more you refer, the more you get referrals and um, I think it's a beautiful way to build your business and I'm grateful to um, get a ton of referrals from other agencies. So keep it, keep it up everybody. And um, any other, like, where would somebody go? Is there anything, uh, a way for people to connect with you? Yeah, I would say, uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. And I always enjoy these conversations and um, totally agree. Like if you pick a vertical, like you're less concerned about competition and, you know, like I have friends that have businesses and sometimes they'll ask me for marketing. And I'm like, you're not in my industry, man. So yeah. like I need places to send those companies, yeah. you know, because I don't want to work with a lawyer or, a, you know, dentist or a restaurant or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I guess head over to builderfunnel.com if you just kind of want to like poke around and see what we're up to. Um, and then you can always look me up on LinkedIn if you just want to connect with me personally. Those are probably the two easiest ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. And uh Appreciate everyone watching and listening to this. Uh, obviously, the podcast is put on by HookAgency.com and Hook Agency on, on social. All right, bye. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Yeah.